All right. Welcome back to another episode of the one and only Strip Set Podcast. We're all here. All four of us. The Hello, four horsemen. Boys. The four corners. The four elements. The Who whatever said the you four horsemen? The four horsemen? <laughs> yeah. Remember that WWF wrestling? The four horsemen? Oh, yeah. With Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. Woo! Arn Anderson. <laughs> Yeah. Was Ted DiBiase in that too? No, he wasn't. Oh, yeah, it was the, the Anderson twins, Rick Flair, and uh, JYD. I can't remember. Or was Junk it Terry Flair? The, the, the Rick Flair scream yeah. is, a, is a regular occurrence at our house. Oh, I'm sure. Woo! <laughs> I love me some Rick Flair. Mm-hmm. So here we are uh, getting ready to drop another one. So Rob is the only goddamn person that's been fishing. But not, fishing, not catching. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say fishing only, catching optional. Dude, tough one. Struggling. Tough lately. It's it's been tough, man. I, uh, you know, you just get into those slumps, and maybe it's just that I've been fishing so much, and I'm just like, dude. I'm kind of getting tired. I know you three are gonna be like, man, kiss my ass, motherfucker, <laughs> but. Dude, it just is. Uh, I'm just like at the point where it's like on autopilot, and I'm just like, I didn't catch a fish. This sucks. So, what do I do? Yeah, Nothing. you kind of lose Go focus. Go fishing again. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I mean, Michigan was fun. I had a great time. Saw some beautiful water. But uh, you know, I just was looking for the big brownies pushing up out of the lakes and the bows to be behind the kings and all that, and it just did not pan out seems to be my main mo lately so we'll see what happens tomorrow i'm gonna go fishing for sturgeon on the fly so i'll take the zip or i'll be a damn hero one of the two <laughs> who'd you fish with up in michigan uh fish with uh you remember jackson yeah Scott, yeah so yeah, yeah jackson sunahara fish with him and fish with bill um garrison and had a great time i mean we floated and it's just such a beautiful river. There are so many kings in there. And, you know, you're you're working these behind these reds and you're rolling the eggs and you're hoping for some big brownies to be just sucking some eggs up and you accidentally hang a king and you're on 3X. So you're constantly re-rigging because you're getting hung up on the roots or whatever or a king would get it and break you off. And it was kind of getting frustrating, but, you know... It's fishing, man, and it was beautiful. I had a great time, and uh, I'll probably do it again. So It's all about who you're with. That is true. Yeah, when it comes to points like that, it's just who you're with, and what you make of it, keeping that positive attitude. So You need that, uh, you need that commitment rig on that bead. Dude, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, brother. <laughs> I thought about it, man. I was just like, man, I'm about to put some – freaking 30 pound rope on this thing and just drift it on through there but i wasn't fishing really hard for the kings i was looking for the big brownies and stuff behind the 30 the pound maximum and, Ooh, dude 60. yeah Brave. 60 hang them you hang them <laughs> tomorrow i'll be throwing the commitment rig uh i'll be on 80 pound uh full sink about a 500 grain and the plan is in the boat cast out, let that thing drop, and just a slow grandma strip. I mean, just nice and slow. Wait for the eat, wait for the eat, 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 and then just strip set the shit out of that. <laughs> and hopefully hang on. So that's it. I think you basically have to throw flesh flies and just throw them with your chum and hope they eat that. Well, I don't have any chum, so <laughs> I'm just gonna. Uh, I've got some crayfish patterns. This place we're going to is a lake, and um, there are some big sturgeon in there. So uh, we'll see. Um, I'll either be a hero or zero. So that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> and I hear BJ's fishing tomorrow too. So it's kind of like a mini tournament, me against BJ. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on something he a little different know it. than you, though. Yeah, pound for pound. <laughs> no fuck. Yeah, I got out. Uh, what I, I went out Sunday for about an hour. I got some 
new Euro line that I needed to try out. So I got out for an hour, caught a few. We did our fall stocking out here uh, a couple weeks ago. So there's a lot of fish in the what local streams. Name? and <laughs> <laughs> Brenda the Brown. Um... She's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow I got a uh, little work outing at some private water. So I think I'm throwing streamers all day. No, no, you're talking. All right, boy. Swing that stuff up, brother. You throwing any sink tip, or are you just going to do floating and strip, or are you looking at swinging? Uh, I'll probably throw floating line. The stream's not real deep. I mean, the deepest hole's three, three and a half, four feet at most. So I tied up a bunch of feather game changers with some, oh, yeah. uh, with some heads on them, so I'll probably throw them most of the day. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, because those fish, I don't know what's going on out there, but they're going to be pushed up into that shallower water thinking about pre-spawn and looking to eat and get fat for the winter. Because you guys are cold out there from what you're saying, huh? Yeah, right now I'm looking. It's 38 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. So, Jeez. Yeah. Well, there's no no pre-spawn where I'm fishing. It's all uh, stock truck fish, so... They're all genetic freaks, and they look like footballs, so. Oh, well, I'll take that, too. Nymph- yeah, uh-huh. I mean, you can just throw those streamers and put a slump buster behind it, dude. Double streamers, baby. Yeah. I love it. Love it. But sex dungeon, a white sex dungeon with a slump buster about 18 to 20 inches behind it. Fucking hangs them, dude. That way you get them <laughs> in the mouth and the ass. You damn right, dude. <laughs> Double up. They won't eat it, they'll wear it. (laughs) That's right. Double mint refreshment. Well, Scotty and Steven, do you got any you guys gonna fish or never you guys just hanging out? (laughs) Yeah, it's all about the production quality over the fishing. I I understand. I understand you guys are out signing autographs and like doing all kinds of uh, you know, stuff to push the fly fishing community to where it needs to be instead of fishing. So I appreciate all the hard work you guys are putting in. And um, yeah, I saw the video of Steve signing uh, autographs the other day. I saw you sign that kid's hat. That was pretty cool. I was, I was like, he was pumped. Steve takes time, takes time out of his day. It's all about the little people, man. The little guy. Mm -hmm. It's everybody. I stepped over to get to where I am. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to give the groupies what they want. Yeah. Yeah, that's where Scotty takes care of it. Yeah, I was like, man. I was like, dude, these guys are awesome. They're all out. I mean, it's like a mob, BJ. Have you seen it? I mean, it's like cameras flashing when they walk in a room and lighting up all the fly tying. And like, man, that's Scott and Steve over there. Oh, my gosh. That's why we had to disable screenshotting on the Instagram story. Jeez, <laughs> I'm over here working my ass off, and you guys are just like rolling through, signing autographs, and oh, dude, they're off strip set. Did you guys hear them last week? <laughs> the bomb, those, those are the strip set guys. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that's funny. He blew my, Sharpie he blew on my the woofer. Weren't, weren't you two ringside at the last McGregor fight? When he got his ass kicked? <laughs> he pro- I, I think I saw him there, BJ. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm like, man, where the hell? How, how did I not get invited to that, dude? Yeah. yeah. I've been nut deep in some Pierre Marquette river fishing, and they're at the fight, dude. Right, the yeah, hell? exactly. I ain't seen an Irishman take a beating like that since 1920 New York. Huh? <laughs> huh? Oh, man. <laughs> all right, let's 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 get into some topics because we all know we don't freaking fish. Oh, that's right. Maybe soon. What do you guys Maybe got? Maybe soon. Uh, okay, first first topic. Um, let's get into thoughts on competitive fly fishing. Hmm. So I think, I think BJ was the brainchild behind this one, so we'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I think um, I'm a fan. I mean, I think it's pushing – techniques it's pushing gear it's pushing uh you know the way people are fishing it's showing people that you can go into extremely pressured water and still hang up some fish so and uh you know i tie most of the flies i tie are more in that style you know i like flies that 
I can tie quick, tie a bunch. You know, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes tying a nymph. Um, I'm all about something I can tie in under two minutes and crank out a half a dozen in 15 minutes and move on to something else. So, so are you talking um, fly tying competition, BJ, or are you talking about using the flies you tie in a, comp- uh, in a competition? I'm talking about competition style flies. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, all so right. it's uh, more simpler of a design. You know, those guys are out. Um, you know, they'll fish all day and Hey, if you lose two dozen flies, right. You, you can't really spend all night tying flies. So right. stuff they're coming up with super quick ties, super effective, um, and simple stuff. So, but it works. Hmm. Hmm. I did not know that there was a, uh, competitive fly tying, like ring bracket or whatever. That's actually pretty damn cool, man. Did no, you stop? Not- I'm not understanding what you're saying then, brother. Do you listen to a word that I said? <laughs> I did. Actually, I was listening really intently, uh, and I'm like, oh. So you Com- got to speak. Okay, let word. me slow it you, down. You have to Com- speak slowly. Yeah. Competition fly fishing right. leads to competition style of flies. So jig hooks. Right? I love a lot of tungsten beads. And love them. What they've done is simplified a lot of fly styles. You know, instead of tying a pheasant tail, right? Here's an example. So you're going to tie a pheasant tail. You're going to sit down. You're going to tie in some pheasant tail for the tail. You're going to tie some wire. You're going to do some pheasant tail body. You're going to do some, a, a wing case and some kind of, you know, soft tackle collar, right? That would take me 40 minutes. Yeah, so <laughs> it would take me yeah, three definitely. minutes because I'll just pick up twelve of them at the front. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Or you can tie a Frenchie, which is a pheasant uh, pheasant tail style fly. You're gonna do a Coke de Leon tail. You're gonna do a pheasant tail body with some wire and some ice dub collar. Hot spot, you're done. So got it. That's that's what competition fly fishing has brought kind of to the industry right is a more simplified fly design that is just as if not more effective got you i see what you're saying i i'm sorry i was totally like i understand you're from from tennessee i gotta slow it down and and speak yeah i got it big common common man's english i think the uh i think the san juan river also brings us into those styles of flies i think the most productive fly that i tie for the san juan is about six thread wraps and you're done Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just a size 26 red midge it's just red thread on a hook and it literally takes about 10 wraps and a little body taper and done yeah (laughs) yep some uv Hmm. so that's an anilid is that what you're saying no no (laughs) yeah i think um I think a lot of people are starting to see flashy flies catch, what is it, more fishermen than fish? Yeah, that's so, always oh, yeah. been the case. I mean, there's an art form to fly tying that I appreciate, and uh, but I tie flies to fish. So, you know, if I got an hour to tie and I know I can crank out four dozen of one fly or half a dozen of another, I'm going to do the where I can get more flies in my box. Hmm. Man, I need to start saying about that about my crappy ties. Oh no, no, this one's <laughs> this one's just a quick tie, just so I can break it off on a rock and not cry oh, my yeah. eyes out. Well, usually the the quick ties are like guide guide flies. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Well, that is uh, that is a, a a point, BJ. I had not even thought about, and it makes sense, dude. That's actually pretty damn smart, brother. I had not even thought of that angle of the competition fly fishing. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, you know, I, then again, I'm not a super good tire, and I know that, but I still try. I actually showed you guys some flies that I tied up for the Peter Marquette, and you guys didn't even think I tied those. So <laughs> <laughs> The San Juan worms? Yeah. And the eggs, yeah. The eggs? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Steve's like, you didn't tie that shit up, and I was yeah. like, man, I did. And he's like, prove it. I was like, I, I, I use the pen head method. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you must have then. You must mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Let's go double check. I think the, I think the other thing uh, 
competitive fly fishing is showing people is more still water fishing too. You know, most of these tournaments, you got some sort of still water day or beat, you know, they got to go out and fish a day on still water. So I see a lot more of it than I did a few years ago because of that. And then right. I think, so that's good too, right? I think it's very good. Puts another tool in that toolbox, man. Fly mm-hmm. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott knows a bunch about that, uh, still water fly fishing. A little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. In a case whole people lot. don't know, Bass, uh, Steve, uh, I'm sorry, Scott was the 1989 BASS world champion. Just so people <laughs> that are listening to this podcast, world, uh, world champion. That's sorry, that's correct. Except that I was uh, 15 years old in 1989. I think that's awesome. A 15-year-old stepping that's up like that, that is kick-ass, dude. Exactly. You got it. Just dominating the middleweight division. Exactly, as, at 15. He's, I was uh, in the juvenile amateur class. Juvenile. <laughs> Ju- the, the juvenile delinquent class. Yeah, that one, too. <laughs> I was the one siphoning the gas out of the bass boats. <laughs> so I could run my jet ski. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only thing I know about competitive fly fishing is, uh, I mean, every time I step on the river, I'm competing. That's all I know. Yeah, that a boy. Snap. And I've come to win. I set, <laughs> I set, the, bar, I set the bar pretty low, but I'm always competing. <laughs> I know that's a damn lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Steven, do you know anything about competitive fly fishing? I know a little bit here and there. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those deals, you know, that I touched on this last summer that it gets you, I want to say it gets you out of your box and it forces you to fish multiple ways, you know, not just, you know, you don't, you don't have to urinate, you don't have to tight line it all the time. Um, you know, but depending on your situation, yeah, it might help. You know, like the yeah. twenty, like the twenty-five that we fish up here, you you have to be good on multiple facets of fly fishing in order to do stuff. And and that's that's the way we try to develop it. I yeah. mean, I'm being serious. See, we wanted you to be able to reach your limit and push yourself in this tournament, and that's what we liked about it. Yep. Yep, and then I've I've also fished the Superfly down on the Conejos for a few years, and you know that's that's one that's like it's in a weird time of the year because it's April, and Southern Colorado in April is either nice one day or snowing the next, and you either have water or you don't have water, so it's one of those things that you can you can go in prepared. You know, I'm going to throw nymphs. Or I'm gonna throw streamers, and then next thing you know, you're, you know, double paths with no indicator. You know, double pull them along pass. the bottom or something. Scotty, <laughs> that's a sc- the Scott Longrig. That's right. <laughs> Shit, yeah. he ain't tying on no pads, dude. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely like the competitive fly fishing because it does for it forces you to get out of your box if you're yeah. You can't just dry fly fish it. You can't just nymph it. You can't just do one thing. I agree with I that. Get, I guess I kind of misunderstood the uh, the topic. I was thinking more along the lines of of, com- of competitive fly fishing being like the the fly fishing tournament circuits that they do and the and the leagues or whatever oh, they call yeah. it. I, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, I like the localized little like one off kind of tournament deals and i mean i don't think there's one out there that's got a better format than the mile high 25 uh just as far as challenging and excitement level and and just you know outside of the box and all that kind of stuff but yeah you know the one thing i'll I'll say about the the tournament circuits where you know is i don't i don't fully understand the hate i mean yeah. There are people that are just like, those dudes should just have their throats all slit. They're ruining fly fishing. I mean, it's like, where does that come from? I mean, if you don't like it, don't do it. But I don't understand how tournament fly fishing or, or competitive fly fishing is, is doing anything negative to fly fishing in general. Right. Uh, 
I think most people are getting most people's perception is you got a bunch of people coming into their home stream and beating up on their fish. That's what pisses people off about it. Um, I can see that, BJ. That's a valid point. I can. See yeah, but that. it's not like they're doing it every day. Yeah, and correct. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I mean, shit. I've never fished it, but I mean, some of the stuff you guys tell me about, it sounds like a day at Deckers, right? I mean, it's just right. <laughs> Another day on the stream. And most of the water that I see these happening on, they get pounded day in and day out anyway. So, I mean, if if anything, you should look at it as it's it's an opportunity to see that, hey, you know what? If I just open my damn mind and don't be so close-minded about shit, maybe I can catch more fish on my home stream. Yeah. I mean, I... And learn something. That's what that's about for me. Learn something. And that's the other thing too is you know as as long as I mean it's it's open to kind of whoever I, don't, I know there's like teams and there's whatever and it's kind yeah, of yeah like the U.S. You know, fly fishing team that's exclusive the biggest one I know whatever yeah. but you know the local stuff if you're even if you're just kind of a beginner you know jump in there you'll meet people you network you you learn a ton you you know you don't go in there going okay I've never really haven't really fished this water much but I'm gonna win this. You go in there and you have a good time and you learn and you meet people and you know next year you do a little better. But uh, yeah, that's that's true. I'll tell you, I've met I've met a bunch of guys that are you know on the circuit on uh, USA fly fishing, and those dudes are the most down to earth dudes that are willing to answer any damn question you have for them. I mean, whether it's fly selection or leader setups or, I mean, any damn thing you want to ask them, those guys are an open book, man. They just want more people fishing. And if more people were like that, you know, uh, shit, what would we all bitch about, I guess, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'll find something. <laughs> We'd all bitch about too many, too many people fishing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we need those guys to move to Colorado. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the bad thing is, is, it, <laughs> is that uh, – these days, if you, if you have a different opinion, if you think different of something, people just shut down right away and automatically start the fight. Yeah. You know, which Especially is stupid. on social media. Especially mm-hmm. on social media. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, well if, if they have a differing viewpoint, they're, they're going to do everything they can, and they're going to cite a Vokey podcast and they're going to bring up a gink and gasoline article and they're going to tell you that lefty cray told his grandpa something and and just to you know just to dispute facts and you know it's which is which is all fine if you're going to bring all that to play but just to have an opinion to be a dickhead doesn't help anybody yeah well they don't they don't form their own opinions they adopt someone else's exactly yep yep and they're missing the whole point of fly fishing, which is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to do it for fun. It's supposed to fill your cup. It's supposed to be about you and nature and laughing with your buddies and catching fish if you get a chance to and just having fun. And they miss that point on it. It's got to make, make the needle move. You got yeah. it, man. They're too interested in, uh, you know, their social media platform and like, dude, I only got uh, 23 likes on this picture, man. I need to catch bigger fish. I need to catch fatter fish. I need to do this fishing. And who cares, dude, if you like the picture or not? Exactly. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. You just, you obviously just need more hashtags if that's happening. Yeah. I don't hashtag, dude. I don't you hashtag should. shit. <laughs> Screw fly, that. Fly fishing for me is mostly about being able to yell at people that aren't doing that the right way. <laughs> and that's why I love you because I love yeah. it when you yell at me, dude. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> yeah, edu- educating stupid people is definitely a perk yeah. in the world. And the best way to educate people is by belittling them. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> On social media, exactly. It, oh, I like. I, I prefer to do it in person. Yeah, because then I get to see the tears. <laughs> yeah, in person is definitely preferred. But uh, yeah, if the only venue is Facebook in something like that. That works too. Let it fly. I, I guess. Uh, I guess a, a crying emoji is an okay alternate to actual real tears in person. Yeah. You just can't physically put their tears in a jar and set them on your desk. Is that what you're oh, about? I lubricate my reel nice. with them. That would be so nice. That's what I use yeah, to clean my good. floating line. That's that's why if you ever see like. Uh, if you ever see some like social justice warrior post something and then you see somebody else post 
you know, like a a statement back, and then you see me posting like a skull and crossbones, <laughs> you know exactly who won. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I think it's funny, man. I mean, I've fished in a few, well, not a few, I've probably fished in quite a few uh, competitive fly fishing tournaments and stuff, but they're always been fun for me. I mean, it's it's just about getting out, like Scott said, meeting people and laughing and if you're fishing in it with your other buddies and they're kicking your ass, you're like, oh, man, next year I'm coming back to whoop you. And I mean, or vice versa. You know, I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I took second in a tournament with uh, at the Eight Rivers Rodeo. And the year after that, man, I was talking trash <laughs> at the bar the following year. Like, I'm going to whip y'all's ass, this and that. You guys suck. And all my buddies were like, all right, we'll, do, we'll see. Yeah, I, I can kind of see you kind of taking it. We came in dead ass last. <laughs> that year. I don't even think we logged a fish, and I was like, "Golly, dude, talking shit gets you nowhere." You know? Well, I so, get I go into a tournament with expectations of being you know somewhere near the bottom, but I still talk mad shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just like to make people sweat because they, for whatever reason. Dudes just think that I'm fishy. They just think that I'm out there beating the water up all the time. And I'm like, dude, I honestly I haven't fished in like six months. But I don't tell them that. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I've got we've got this thing on lock. On We're lock. out there. We've been hitting three or four <laughs> different waters a week, and Steve's been out there and whatever. And I'm like, we got we got the we got it on lock. And man, people buy it too. It's funny, but they're all because. They're all You're good so dudes. So serious though. in real life, dude, and everybody's like, "Man, Scott's a smart mofo." <laughs> they dude. can't tell if I'm joking, nah, I, I, dude. He is fishing, man. I mean, we ain't got a chance in hell. We <laughs> might. Oh, nobody, <laughs> nobody, everybody knows I'm not going to win that shit. Just I, I barely <laughs> survived the last one. You did, man, but you had a pretty damn good excuse, brother. We had a good time. Oh, and that's do. all that matters, dude. And that for me, know? that's what it. That's what it's all about. Is just a, you know, it's a guaranteed three days of fun with uh, with the right people exactly exactly and you know what that was the last time i seen you guys dude you son of a it was at the mile well, you, high 25 you went and ran off yeah i know not our fault <laughs> i know right <laughs> the invite's open always same here but we ain't got no place to fish around here, and there ain't no damn fish around here evidently so. <laughs> well as soon as it drops below 20 degrees i'll get you down here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. No thanks. <laughs> oh, you love it. Yes, I do love it. I know. I bitch like a some bitch, but that's all right. Yeah, that's what I told the guys I was fishing with them on Monday. Uh, it got a little windy, and I was getting cold, so I had to put my jacket on. And and uh, Jim looks at me and goes, "Dude, when the weather turns crappy, you start bitching." And I'm like. <laughs> Dude, I don't like your shit, dude. And he's like, dude, go sit in the truck and turn the heater on. And I said, no, I'm fishing. And he's like, then shut up. I was like, oh, okay. Oh shit, I remember. I remember you sitting you in my truck. Bar. Sitting in my truck, you went over to the truck and you you threaded your line through the window and got in there and turned the heater on. And you're rigging your flies up, sitting there in the truck with the heat going. Smartest shit ever, man. Put your rod outside the rod, roll the window down, put the leader and tip it through the window, roll the window up, and sit there and rig where it's nice and warm. It took I him, may be stupid, but I know I'm stupid. So that it, took him, it took him 30 minutes to, to re-rig, and it wasn't because he's bad at tying knots. He was dozing off the whole time. Yeah, he was doing the head it's bob. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so cozy in here. Yeah, nice and warm. And I was like, "Hey, Scott, can we pull the truck up a little bit closer to the river?" So I can just he was trying to he was trying to high stick out the window. Just a little roll cast. <laughs> that was a day. It was so cold that uh, my rod tip froze to the ice and broke. Yeah, yeah, that was negative twelve or eleven or some shit, dude. I don't know. Uh, good times. Yeah, Too that's cold. it was, dude. That's a perfect segue into the next subject of uh, favorite season to fish Ooh. and why. <laughs> Favorite season? Oh, dude, you don't even have to ask me. Do you? You already know mine. Uh-huh. Dead ass balls in the middle of summer when it's a hundred damn degrees. Put me out Ooh. there. I am all about it. Nice and warm. In shorts, <laughs> wet waiting, or in just waiting boots. I'm down with that, man. Give me the sunburn. I'll take it over 
frostbite any day. And I'm just the opposite. You are, dude. <laughs> I am, dude. I'm like, I just do not want to go sweat balls out there in the summertime, elbow to elbow with a bunch of d bags. I'm like, you know what? Let's wait till uh, let's wait till we get down into the 30s. 20s whatever especially if there's going to be a shit ton of snow if there's snow in the forecast i'm all over it i love fishing in the snow i love fishing by myself and man those fish are ready and active they're always hungry yeah and i know how to handle fish in the cold weather if you know if it gets down below too far below freezing or down below zero or whatever you know you keep those fish in the water and keep your hands dry and yeah, you can you can manage it and you can dress for it too. I can't I can't dress for the hot. Oh yeah, you can. Just take it all off, baby. <laughs> take, it all take it all off. Take it all off. I can't, man. I got like Jeez. four inches of natural insulation all around me that <laughs> I can't take off. <laughs> so for all you listeners out there, I have fished with Scott when it is absolutely unbearable out there. I'm not kidding you. And He'll be out there in a long sleeve shirt and a damn Sitka jacket. I literally have on long johns, like four flannel shirts on top of that, a down jacket, and then my waders, and then uh, like my rain jacket, and then a jacket over top of that. And I am frozen. And he's just out there in a damn t shirt and his little nano puff. And I'm like, what in the hell? Well, you gotta it, be kidding me! I'll tell you what. Maybe we'll we'll do a segment on uh, on actual like winter fishing clothing. But I don't, you know, I I I layer up. I use the right base layers. I use the right mid layers, and so I don't need a big heavy jacket. You know, somebody goes out there and they got some big parka going, and all they have underneath it is, you know, a, a freaking t shirt or something. It's like, yeah, you gotta That's have you. a huge. But no, I <laughs> I. I always have a thermal layer right up against the skin of some sort, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you keep that core warm, and, and the rest of it takes care of itself. So it, it's not about being super cold tolerant. I mean, I am, but it's about layering up and wearing the right stuff and planning for it and, you know, drying your hands off, keeping your hands dry, all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a, a right way to do it where you can be comfortable and still be outside and socks is a big thing too i mean i know people they layer up three or four pairs of socks and it's counterproductive because it cuts off the circulation in their feet and their toes are blue and they're like my god my toes are frozen i wear a single thin breathable athletic like under armor sock with uh, a wool sock over it and that's it boom that's it, dude. That's all you need right there. And it traps that body heat in there, and you're all good. I mean, I'll stand in the river for 40 minutes with, you know, the river temp is in the low 30s, and the air temp's below 20, and you're comfortable. Yep. Just got And, and just right. so all the listeners know as well, when it's that cold and Scott's out there fishing, not once does he bitch about how cold it is. <laughs> I am not kidding you, man. I've been there I've been on a cast and blast with him where I'm like, I am frozen from fishing, and now we're going to go shoot ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, just get out of the car. No hat. You know, just. Oh, I wear uh, a hat. You do wear a hat. I'm just throwing exaggeration out there, I keep, but I keep it's my crazy. Head warm. I, I think, not to jump topics, but that's probably the biggest lesson most people inside of fishing can learn is proper clothing for the weather conditions when you're fishing i mean i snowboarded for most of my life and you know used to work in a ski shop that's the biggest lesson i learned and cotton is your enemy yeah right Mm -hmm. well the other thing too is also uh, you know adjusting those layers because the sweat's your enemy too i mean it starts to get a little bit warmer and or you walk a a long distance you're going to go walk to another spot or you're doing whatever and you work up a sweat and then you stand there and and nymph fish you're going to get cold because now you got moisture in the mix and that's never going to be good for you so you know you got to take those layers off if i'm going to change spots i'm gonna go walk somewhere i'm either gonna unzip my jacket open up my jacket let some cool air in or shed a layer throw it in the pack or do whatever but man you gotta be you gotta you can't just bundle up and then just stay bundled up no matter what you gotta plan for it right especially uh bj i know you guys deal with a lot of humidity out there but Mm -hmm. um out here in the west i mean 
we have low humidity and it may start off at 10 or 15 degrees and it might warm up to, you know, maybe the upper 20s. But if the sun's out, man, dude, you're actually hot. I mean, yeah, you'll sweat. The hotter, oh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, that humidity actually got me a little bit when I was uh, up in Michigan last week. I was like, dude, I'm actually sweating underneath all my crap that I got on, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and having breathable breathable stuff is key too. I mean, get yeah. that moisture away from your body. Right. Yes. That you you and I are the same on the socks, Scott. Yeah, and I wear the you know the Sims and all that other Under Armour crap, and it does keep you warm. We should do a little segment on that. I think I'll do that. I'll make a video. I'll make a video, and and I'll start off just you butt- dress and undress. Yeah, I'm just gonna be butt naked. Yeah. and I'm gonna go. You know, I'll start with the socks. We'll just go layer by layer, and you know, whatever. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, and the the thing is, is I'm I'm sure that every single one of us has like one or two go to pieces of clothing. Yeah. Uh, and and brand and style, and we we won't be the same on it. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can you'll be able to pick and choose from what we say because I know one thing that I do. I mean, I'm I'm very minimal. Like when I go out and fish on top, I've got a t-shirt underneath. I've I've got an Under Armour shirt that I wear. And most times it's just a hoodie. If it gets right. real cold, I've seen you in that, dude. You know, if it gets real cold, then I'll put on my Sims jacket, and I've you know I've got other shit, but I try to keep it to you know three layers, and I'm golden. Yeah, yeah. The key That's is the key is when it's when it's cold, you got to trap that body heat. When it's warmer, you got to let the moisture out and let the body heat out. Yep. Yep. It's like yeah. uh, it's like Wu Tang said on their first CD: "You got to protect your neck." Because <laughs> you will lose a shitload of heat, yeah, right out the yep. top. And yep. the wind also comes into account as well. I mean, if it's not windy, you're going to have a little different strategy than if the wind's blowing. If the wind's blowing, then you got to do whatever you got to do to keep that wind out. Yep, yeah, you right. Gotta, you got to button things up. You got to tuck stuff in. You got to wrap something around your neck and tuck it into your undershirt. And, Sims wind know, stopper, baby. Yeah, I mean, there's, <sighs> but you've got to keep. If you feel that cold draft coming in somewhere you got to fix that right away and i think that's the problem is people people wait until they're until they're really uncomfortable before they do something about it you know that's it yep get out there get out comfortable stay comfortable right don't start out hot don't start out cold you'll never you'll never make up the difference and you'll be screwed all day or or you got or you got the people that put all their layers on and then jump in their truck and drive yes. an hour with the heat on. Oh, <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. And you step outside and all that sweat just freezes yeah. right up against your body. The yep. rest of your day is screwed. <laughs> yep. You'll never recover from that. No. So there you go. Now we now we got a good topic for the next podcast. We're going to talk about some cold weather tactics. I'm sure he is. Well, and we can get into, uh, like you said, some specific brands, specific yep. stuff that each of us use. Yeah, because I know I've got specific things that I like and I use and may or may not be the same. <laughs> and the stuff that I have, it doesn't say Sims on any of it. I know that. But I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy the specific fly fishing name brand stuff. Mm-hmm. I go, man, I can buy this same <laughs> other stuff over here and it's just as good or works good for me. And, it, you know, everybody That's has it. their own opinions on stuff and some things work for others and don't work for me and yep. vice versa the best stuff is flats boots in a pair of shorts with a sun protective shirt that's it oh that's for your season <laughs> get out of here get out of here with your spf shirts that's such bullshit. what about your what about your buff i do mm. not wear a buff uh unless i am fishing salt i can see that based upon looking at your face I, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. I wear a buff I in the summer, but only as a I tube top. Yes. Uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't wear a buff unless I'm uh unless I'm fishing salt. I don't know. I can't wear it. I just I don't like it. Doesn't doesn't work for me. I like so, mine in the any, fall. I like mine in the wintertime. I don't even wear it then. Yeah. I don't I think it's counter counterproductive for me so i it fogs up my glasses i can't see i can't smell nature 
I can't smell anything. So I'm just like, get this thing off of me. And it looks <laughs> stupid around my neck. And uh, I think people that take pictures with their buff on and their glasses and you can't see your face, I don't think that's really you catching those fish. Oh, so. that's my favorite pose. <laughs> Dude, I hate it. That's I my favorite it. pose that's in the fall. Me. Oh, hell yeah. Buff on, yeah. rod on oh, your yeah. shoulder. All about yeah. it. <laughs> or or you, do yeah. the, you do the head tilt where you can't see anything. Yeah, and you hold you hold the fish like this, like a fucking jackass. Hold it from the tail. Good God, (laughs) love it, love it. Yeah, I want to see your face, man. I want to see the proof. I want to see that big smile, gangster. You gotta look like you're enjoying your damn. You gotta go. You gotta go OG gangster style. Hide that face. I want to see the chicklets, baby. Yeah, but on on the flip side, what pisses me off is people that purposefully take off their sunglasses just for their picture oh my god dude i hate that <laughs> shit so much what's wrong with wait, that wait, wait, what wait, is wrong wait, with that oh. what do they do uh, what do they so do you so you catch a fish uh-huh you're wearing your sunglasses right you go down right? before you pick up that fish you take your sunglasses off or put them behind your head or it just drives me nuts man leave that yeah. shit on like yeah. get I that do. shit off my instagram feed oh come <laughs> immediately <laughs> Come on. Really? I never even noticed that, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never noticed it. <laughs> and listen, now, now some people will be out scouring our in, my Instagram looking for pictures of me with sunglasses yeah. on my head. They'll find right? one. Oh, I guarantee oh. you. I, guarantee I, I guess you. I never really even thought about it. I'll have to go look at some of my pictures because I don't even know. if I. I mean, I know that sometimes I take the, uh, I take the glasses off just because... My glasses are big, giant fishing glasses, and they cover half my face, and they look retarded. And uh, mm. <laughs> I don't really want to look like that in a picture. So maybe I do. T- maybe I'm guilty. I don't even think about it. I don't know. Holy crap! Every one of my pictures, I have my sunglasses on. Yeah, there, me you, too. You're doing it right. There you're you doing go. It right. I don't know. Uh, I'd, wait, I'd, wait, wait. Guess I'll have wait, to go I look. <laughs> I think I mine are probably mine off. off. If I have to think about it, I I can't picture one, but I think mine are probably off. Most of mine are. I mean, all of mine are on. I'm that guy. Uh oh. I'm not an asshole. <laughs> I'm the asshole today. The only pictures you'll find of me with them off would be early morning or late evening when I can't see a damn thing and I throw them up on my head before I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that I'm must either, that must be mine. I'm either yeah. leaving the house or I'm getting home late. <laughs> you heading to now, work? Dude, see. See, uh, I don't know. I just, I just pulled my stuff up. All of my pictures have me with sunglasses on. Good. Maybe that's why I have the freaking terrible raccoon tan. Somebody's gonna have <laughs> to. Somebody's gonna have to creep on mine and let me know. I don't know. <laughs> Here you my, go. My phone's dead, so I can't even. I can't even look. I'm gonna tag Rob in a picture right now on Instagram. Oh, it's a picture Dude. of Rob with no sunglasses on. No. Oh. Well, I wear sunglasses no. for safety. I mean... Oh, yeah. I, I always know. have them on when I'm fishing. Yeah, dude. I mean, and I got them on, you know? Yep. Always wear them for safety, so... Um, but, and I made clients. If they didn't have them, I had extra crappy sunglasses for them. And yeah. when I guided at night guide trips, I actually bought clear glasses for them to wear at night with their headlamps because I do not want any hooks in the eyes, dude. Yes. Or split shot. Or split shot, exactly, exactly, yeah. And they got to be crappy. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> I mean, I try to do the best I could, but you know. man, I was there. I was there when one of the uh, one of the guides tried to blind Hank Patterson. Ooh, yeah. We were, oh, really? We, we took him out on a on a trip out on the urban South Platte to catch carp, and uh, his rig got hung up, and the guide was straight lining it to get it out, and it came loose. And as it came out, he just backcasted and went to throw it back in, and the split shot hit Travis directly in the lens of his sunglasses. I heard it. I was Ooh. right by him. I hear this smack, and Ooh. he looks. I turn around. I look. I'm like, "Are you all right?" And he takes his sunglasses off. He's like. Damn, I guess that's why we wear sunglasses. <laughs> Dude, that's it, man. That's it. It would have hit him directly in the eyeball. Jeez. Well, his tournament that he had out here on the South Fork went really great uh, oh, yeah? this past weekend. Yeah. I was supposed to fish in it, but we had some miscommunications on flights and wife taking off and everything. So, oh. uh, but the guy that took my place, 
uh, Aaron and my team member Brock, they actually took first place oh, in the tournament. So. That was nice of yeah, you to give, cool. give up the win for them. Yeah, I, I tried to help out. <laughs> I'm sure you just lined them out and said, here's what I was going to do. So do this, 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 and you'll win it. No, these dudes, they know the game out there. So, yeah. yeah so, anyway, but it was the hopper, dropper, dropper, hopper tournament that they have out there. So, oh. it was, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, don't bring your menage a midge to that one. A hula popper tournament? No, it's the hopper, dropper. <laughs> yeah. hopper, I love, hopper, I love hula dropper. poppers. Those are fun. Mm, hula poppers. <laughs> yeah, the froggies. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, out of all that, Rob likes. Summertime. <laughs> yep. There's Scott my loves. ice machine. Scott likes the wintertime. <laughs> I am a fan of the wintertime, especially when because I like the wintertime because I was always uh I was in Albuquerque for winter, which was nice. Yeah. But when you're three hours from the San Juan and there's no snow all the way up to the San Juan and you get there and there's snow and there's nobody on the water, that's when you really love the wintertime. That's nice. And BJ likes rain. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. That'd be all four seasons out here. I'm I'm a fall guy. Get that uh, son of a bitch and ball. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Steve's watching football. I'm a fall guy. I'm a uh, late September, October, into November guy. Oh yeah, now nah, you're talking. Yeah, I bet back eight, back east and up there, I bet you it's beautiful right now too, isn't it? I'll tell you what. Yeah, it is. But there's been so much damn rain that like, and then we went from 85 degrees to a high of like 50 in two days last week. So Jeez. everything just freaking dies, right? Right. But, yeah, you get up high in in the mountains and stuff was colored up two weeks ago, starting to turn. It's really looking good. Yeah, buddy. You know, one of the other things I like about fishing in the wintertime is, uh, you know, you take a a place like Decker's where if you go out there, you'll get your first spot you get to in the morning. And then if you want to move spots, there's – trucks and people and whatever on pretty much everything you can there's still for for the folks that fish it and know where to walk to you know beyond just fishing right next to the road you can still get on water but the the best thing about winter is i just go spot to spot to spot to spot bang a couple fish move on go to another spot and there's just nobody there right i do like that that's the only time you you get to do that well you need to come to idaho because there's nobody there where I'm fishing yet. <laughs> There's nobody here. I'm afraid to go to Idaho because I'm afraid I might just move there. Oh, yeah, it's blowing up, so might as well. Come on, baby. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, I was fishing with Mike, uh, one of my buddies, uh, last Friday, and we were throwing streamers, and I was swinging streamers underneath this tree, and uh, I was like, this is a great spot. I can't believe there's nobody here fishing. And I, And Mike's like, we haven't seen anybody all day, and you're right. And I was like, you're right, dude. We haven't seen a single fly fisherman nor fisherman all day. And we were fishing in downtown Boise. And so, but it was crazy. It was crazy. So I think everybody's downtown. prepping for winter. <laughs> that's probably true. They're splitting wood and all that shit. Taking their camper to get winterized and wrecking the son of a bitch. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Blowing out the sprinklers. Wrecked them. Damn near killed them. Wrecked them. Yeah, I damn near did. So, yeah. Dude, wow. those, uh, that's it. That's it. I liked it. That was good. <laughs> um, So, we did have... Did anybody... Does anybody have the messages up from Instagram by chance? I can pull it up real quick. Um, I don't know how I, to get on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it said that uh, oh. there was one person that was asking about um, the fad of Tenkara and Euronymphing. That was from Whitney. Ooh, so answer this: Is Tenkara a fad? Because if you ask At the right, point, if you ask the right person, or if you ask the 
Tenkara enthusiast is what I'll call them. Tenkara's mm-hmm. been around since like gunpowder was invented and the Chinese have been doing this shit for 14 million years and the first Tenkara rod was a Brachiosaurus bone and <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I remember, uh, this is going back, but I remember in the 80s, Walmart used to sell what is equivalent to a Tenkara rod right now. It's called, yeah. it's called a cane pole. Yeah. Cane pole. Or was, exactly, it, or was it, it was, the, what, was it the Bream Buster? I don't know the about Brim that. The Brim Buster, but... whatever the hell they call that shit. Oh, oh, the Brim Buster. Yeah. Yeah, that may be what it, uh, what it was. Yeah. It was a telescoping yep. uh, yeah. cane pole. That's all yeah. it was. Uh, exactly. It was it. fiberglass, and it had a little loop at the end. You tied your line on it and went from there. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, but it's been around for a long time. Somebody took the idea and was like, hey, I'm going to start charging $350 for these things and put them in fly shops. And so... Uh, it's been around and, for a while, and so I don't know steeped in, in Japanese tradition and all this kind of stuff, so exactly. that people think it's all cool and, and cultural and here's, whatever. Here's a conspiracy theory. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Whoever, whoever the guy is that marketed Tenkara, I'm thinking he made up the backstory. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because I'm sure there's some old good old boys back in Tennessee that showed them how to do it, so... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the, I don't know. I bet you the guy that taught him how to do it, his name was Ted something. Ted Carla. Well, oh, you see, I mean, Ted Carla from uh, like Deep Woods 10 And My name's Ted Carla. Oh, did you say Tenkara? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yes did. I did. Ted Carla. Yeah, damn right, you some bitch. This way we going to fish it down here, and that's how we catch these brim down here on this. And you got that now? Yeah. Now get how, over there in the truck and get that damn Tenkara yeah. out. How long you been doing this, Ted? Well, my grandpa was doing it way back in the day when them... Um, yeah, I, I got to stop there. My, my story was about to get really racial, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> But there were there were people in weird shaped hats building railroads, so we'll just leave it at that. Oh man, weird shaped hats. Oh, do they have a feather on it? I don't understand. No, no, no. They're like, oh, okay. like they're, I'll draw. I'll draw you a diagram, Rob. I'll that one. You later. Like, Dude, yeah. I'll tell you though, if you look at. Oh, oh I got you. I got you. You look way back, Straight way back else, in uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the Asian cultures and stuff. They had that was commercial fishing. They had a bunch of people with just a single rod with a line attached to the end of it. And they'd chum the water and they'd drop the line in. A fish would bite it. They'd just rip it out of the water. It would fly over their head behind them and they'd throw it back in. And well, they was, still do that shit. Yeah. I mean, that's been going on for hundreds of years. I'd love to get on one of those tuna boats that does that. <laughs> just start you know loading I mean? it. I mean, it's just, they loading just the tanks. fucking yard those things in. <laughs> I mean, just throwing them. That's a commitment, right? So it's here. not like it's something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like it's something that's uh, out of the ordinary. Yeah. It's branding. Somebody just marketed it, came up with an idea that people would buy into, and that's it. straight out of Tennessee. Ted Car- R.I.P. Ted Carla. Ted Carla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is my. <laughs> so Whitney, there you go. That was the uh, the Tenkara, and for the Euro nymphing. Um, BJ knows more about that than I think than any of the four of us. So it's just a style, man. I, I don't think it's going anywhere as much as throwing oh. a fly on a thingamabobber is. So you just wait. You just wait till spring comes around and I start preaching about lock fishing, lock what? style yeah. fishing. I don't understand what uh, what makes it Euro. I mean. You look at uh, like European fly fishers, and there's all kinds of groups and and pages yeah. on Facebook or whatever where these guys are fishing over there. They're fishing just like we do. Yeah. What what makes it Euro? I think um, I think partially where the name came from is back in the '90s when when you know Americans started going to these fly fishing tournaments around the world, and they were getting their asses kicked by all these European guys, and then. Um, some of the guys kind of started to, you know, grow relationships with these European guys, learned their styles of fishing, the Czech guys, the Polish, uh, the French, Spanish, they all have a different style, but yeah, I've heard of Czech nymphing. I think it's just a, it's a marketing. It's just no different than the name Tenkara, right? It's just yeah. a na- it's... name it's name. It's marketed under. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Your nymphing is much more marketable than tight lining. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah huh. I mean, if you look at, uh, yeah, I mean, how long's high sticking been around or, or exactly. tight lining or, nope, you know. Nope, 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 fine. So. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what I think it of it is. It's just like a tight lining, maybe with a drop shot. But I, I am just now starting to take an interest in learning about it. I do yeah. like their flies, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, there's a lot of nice Rob, ones, man. I think the 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 big difference, Rob, is it's um to do it right, the line's different. It's a mono core line, right? So so there's twice as much feel as your standard air core fly line, you know. And then really, it's you got a foot and a half of indicator tippet that that's your indicator. Oh, so no kidding. Okay, know. yeah, yeah. I, that's what I've been reading about that, and and uh, I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna step to that uh, this upcoming season, this upcoming year, I should say, and um, I'm gonna explore more options than that. It actually intrigues me quite a bit, to be honest with you. A lot of our streams out east are more conducive to it than maybe some of the stuff you guys get out west to an extent. Right. Uh, we we got a lot of smaller streams, pocket water, riffles. You mm. know, your deepest hole in a typical stream out here maybe's five feet. Jeez. You know, so. We're not out fishing tailwaters, you know, if, if you're going out and fishing a tailwater that's 60 feet wide, you're not really going to be Euro-nymphing that unless you're on a boat, maybe, working the, the edges and stuff like that, but, you know. <laughs> well, you, BJ, uh, you need to start Tinkara fishing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. And I so mean, it I sounds make- to me like, uh, I mean, uh, one thing from my bass fishing days, I mean, fluorocarbon, what, I used fluorocarbon as a main line for several different rigs, especially for fishing deep water stuff where I'm working along the bottom, you could get so much better feel. And I mean, I do some drop shot style nymphing in certain waters and certain spots, just based on the flow and if I want to get it down and, and control the speed a little differently than a typical nymph rig. So I would think you could just have a super long fluoro leader and just have fluoro from the rod tip down to the weights and you're going to be able to feel all that stuff, you know, really well. I do that a lot, uh, Scott, especially like BJ saying, if I need to fish some pocket waters and get the fly down quickly, I will run a small piece of mono put a perfection loop in it and then strip off maybe six foot of fluoro and then tie my, you know, dropper. I mean, my flies onto that split shot and everything. It drops those flies down quick Yeah, and uh, it works really well. Here's what I run. So, you know, I got, um, I switched over to the Euro line. I was running a system called a mono rig, which is a 25 foot long mono down to a tippet ring. But Mm -hmm. now I switched. So now I switched over. I got, euro fly line i run uh nine feet of mono that's three different sizes i typically run either 20 15 12 or 15 12 10 and then you got a foot and a half indicator tippet and then i end it with a tippet ring and my style off that tippet ring i want run one size of fluorocarbon only I, i don't run any sort of Taper or anything like that, I, I believe that a direct, same size, you get better feel. And I mean, you're fishing a, you know, I fish an 11-foot three-weight rod. I can feel every rock that fly hits. That's the biggest difference with so, Euro so, mixing versus other styles. So what I have the problem with, BJ, is when I'm, I, I don't, my rig is not that, that it, like, technical as you're going there. But Mine's whatever's I, off the shelf. <laughs> well, well, does, I t- does, does, well, Rio makes those leaders now, Rob, so you'll be okay. Oh, there well, we go. Well, I, I tend to, and this is going to sound horrible, but when I'm when I'm physically trying to learn it, I I, t- I tend to ass snag more fish that way. And I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or if my setup's wrong, but I really seem to be setting a lot. You know, I like set the set, set, set on every little tick, and I end up just ass snagging a ton of fish man so maybe i'm not doing it right that's because so, uh, you're that's because you're setting on on what isn't an eat i mean you feel something yeah. and you set on it right and that's that's well, something that you definitely have to get used to i mean from 
from bass fishing. To, I mean, when I first started using fluorocarbon bass fishing, I was setting the hook constantly because everything felt like a bite. And same thing with right. with fly fishing. Man, you bump off a rock, it rolls the your split shot rolls off a rock or your fly, and it hits a rock right behind it, and it feels like a, a tick, and you go to set on that. And one thing with carp fishing, I was I was snagging a lot of carp because I was setting on that, and really it's just the line sliding along the fish, and so it's just a matter of experience. I mean, you'll you'll get used to those feelings and and stop setting on everything you feel. Hmm. Are you running split shot when you do that technique, Rob? That's a negative. I'm actually okay. trying with the heavier fly on the bottom yeah. and, uh, you know, just running the smaller nymph at the top. Or even, I, I, and I don't know if this is the right way, but I'm actually running three nymphs sometimes, like mm-hmm. a soft tackle, then a midge, and then my heavier fly on the bottom. Mm. Um, I seem to snag more fish on that bottom fly. and Yeah, that's and, called and, the gill net rig. Exactly right. <laughs> Nothing escapes yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So and 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 like I said, I'm just getting into this. I, this is the first year where I've actually explored any type of Euro nymphing, and I want to learn more. You know, I'm yeah. I'm trying to learn. So. Well, I can you tell one, you one thing that will uh, reduce your foul hooks is uh, reduce the number of flies. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, but you know how it is. I, I mean, do. once you. Honestly, Rob, I mean, once you get onto the the style, a lot of your sets end up becoming more of a, um, you might, expecting an eat versus actually filling it. I mean, I'll catch fish. I understand that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'll catch fish drifting through spots where I know there's a fish sitting on that rock. I know it's going to, should eat my fly. I'll set when the fly should be there, and you'll hook up with fish just anticipation of that position set yep yep definitely but it's no different you know the like scott was saying about the the miss sets or the false uh eats it's no different than you know drifting a a thingamabobber and and learning what it looks like when your fly hits a rock versus an eat right i mean right right Hmm. indicator fishing right when we first all started that yeah i mean you're setting the hook every time that thing pauses right Right. And I still do. Sets are free, you know, and yeah. that's, my, that's the way I roll, you know, set it, set it, forget it, pick it up and shoot it again, you know. Yeah, so. snags are free. That is exactly <laughs> it. So, yeah. so Rob wants to get deeper into the Euro game. Yeah, I think I do. Um, uh, you know, it's I'm, a different I'm always tool, game. Man. I need, I need to get a different rod. Yeah, I think so too on me as well. So, you know, so. Uh, so, so shout out to Master Nymph if you're listening to this. Send us a couple rods. <laughs> let us get let us get get our beak wet in this Euro game. Work it, Steve. Work it, and uh, yeah. we'll talk. Because right now they seem to be the cream of the crop in the Euro rods. Sweet. I'll let yeah. BJ use my Look that product placement. Yeah, I like it. Seriously, <laughs> holler at us. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, hey, hey, that's I love, awesome. I love the rod I'm using. I bought it off of uh, Landon. Earlier this year, maybe. Nice. Uh, it's a gray stream flex, eleven foot three weight, and it's awesome. Nice. And I'll tell you what, the Euro line. I didn't think the Euro line made a big difference, but uh, it does. Really, uh, really, yeah. BJ. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I can, I can cast, I can throw a, I mean, I can throw an indicator on my rig if I got to get out forty feet, and I can get it out there with that eleven foot rod. I mean, it's weird casting it you gotta learn the right stroke but uh <laughs> i can get it out there with the right stroke you know right <laughs> stroke it well, dude, that was, stroke uh, it. Mm, 11 foot stroke I, see, see, I like learning stuff dude and yeah. uh, i feel like i actually am walking away from my own path well working on this podcast learning something so it's the name of the game yeah. it's why it's why we're here laugh and learn <laughs> laugh and learn i love it so well, dude, should we let BJ go to bed? It's only uh, eleven o'clock there. Yeah, I was gonna house. say we gotta <laughs> let BJ yeah, get to bed. Get... I got kids. I gotta get to bed. I gotta tie some Frenchies and go to bed. There you go. <laughs> Fish. So, dude, well, I'll be looking oh. for your Instagram post tomorrow, BJ. I gotta drive home yes. and hope the wife's still awake. Yes, you do. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Keep them com- com- covers warm. 
Instagram post will have my sunglasses on. Oh, good. Yay. Shit, I got to do that too when I get home. I gotta, I, I'm going to go through and creep my my own pictures and see if I'm if oh, I'm yeah. that guy. I probably have sunglasses on my head. Don't be that guy. Every picture. Yeah. Well, see, the the reason I put my sunglasses up is because you know the the hat that I'm wearing. Those fuckers aren't paying me. You lie. It's, so, it's because you have blue eyes. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna give them some sort of free press. Yeah. So I throw my sunglasses over the logo on the front of the hat, and it's, uh, it's got go. nothing to do with the fact that he has blue eyes and chicks love the blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's never close enough to see that because the fish I catch are so big that I got to stand back. Well, that's true. If you if you're if you're yeah. holding it like a true trout fisher, you're. At least two feet away from the camera. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I'll leave. I'll leave you with one more comment. Oh, taking off your sunglasses for pictures is a gateway to costume changes. So, Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do that next time. I'm gonna take a picture with the same fish with four different hats. I love it. Snap. Yeah. I love it. Well, dude, real quick, I just want to tell all the guys and ladies that are out there that are actually liking our Instagram, thanks and keep it up. Keep and it up. Uh, Thanks for listening and sending questions in. We really appreciate it. Get we your friends over there to like it, too. I'll try to, yeah. post, I'll try to post something on there. Do it. Do it. So, All right, boys. Well, great job once again. Thanks. That was a good one. So, BJ, go night-nights. Go night-nights. We'll go at night nights and then uh, we'll see who catches the fish tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. There you go. There I can't go. wait. I want to see you guys tallying them up. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> that sturgeon. Tally. Hey, bring me back. Uh, bring me some caviar from one of those sturgeon. Mm. Negative. Please. Negative. <laughs> oh, you can still release it. Just pump some eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Just suck them right out of there. Yeah. Do it. Do it. I hear if you put them straight in your mouth, they're delicious. That's what I hear, too. <laughs> Yum. All right, All right, boys. I will talk to you next week. You guys have fun. Yes, sir. Right. Bye. Peace out. Later. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.